Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, returning to the show after taking one night off. I hope the boys had a great time last week. I hope you had a great time last week listening to the episode. But I'm back now, so we're in good hands. Just like a good neighbor, the King of Horror is always there. But as always, I am joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. <laughs> Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm, I'm just making a, a pit stop in this local yep this local rest area. Ah, all right. I I am good to. Who goes there? God is. Oh my you? God. <sighs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the glory. And as we are going to. Be- we are going to be talking about the Demonic Demons film pick of the week later on in the episode, Glorious, directed by Rebecca McKendry, which involves glory holes. Some are fun, some are weird, some have a demigod on the other side. So who knows? We're going to be talking about that later on in the show. We'll figure out what we get there. We're also joined by the psychotic simian, the man monkey, the prince of more say, yes, get funky with it, monkey. Yes, King! You know what time it is, right, fans? It's time for Talking Terror, your favorite horror podcast in all of the interwebs. Oh, where we come to you? It's live in your ears every Wednesday at 9 to 11 Eastern Time. But if you catch us live, don't worry, baby. You can always catch us on the flip side on Blog Talk, Spotify, and iTunes. Just remember to sit there and like and subscribe to Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram, baby! All right, Nancy. I love it right out the gate. All that cocaine, all that monkey. I love it. And we're also joined by Queen Elizabeth II's right hand man, the demonic dean, everybody. Lord, may she reign. Hello. 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 It's the demonic dean. He's on the show. Now he's gone. Oh, he left. Oh, oh, immediately just took oh. a left turn and left. Okay. Well. Parade wave. Oh, oh, parade wave. Oh, hello, subjects. Did he, at least, hello. did he parade wave on the way out or no? He just, he just turned and was like, I'm gone. I was like, oh, no, he's already waving. No, no. God save the queen. <laughs> Dean. Dean. He is not there again. Dean no, he seems okay. to be more of a king's man than a queen's guy, you know? Oh. oh that's okay. She's not bigger than the Beatles, apparently, so we learned that last week. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we will wait for Dean to come back, uh, hopefully join us, hopefully he's not having too many technical issues. Uh, but, uh, so, with that being said, yes, I did take last week off, and I got to see Tim Capello, and I got to watch a ton of movies, including Clerks 3, Pearl, and Barbarian. So I had a big week of the there. movies on my time off. There he is. Hello, Dean. Hello, Mike. Good evening. Warm welcome back uh, to Talking Terror. Well, thank you. Uh, after, well, your, after your 
after your week off. Um, I know. Your first voluntary week off from Talking Terror. Uh, it was fun. To see, to see, uh, to see Tim Capello. I hope it was worth it for you. I hope you had a grand time. And, uh, Fantastic. I hope you enjoyed all the other movies that you got to see in your time off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely thank you so much. Yeah, because I, I definitely wanted to take time off that I had from work to watch a movie. So, yeah, I got to see Clerks 3, Pearl, Barbarian. Uh, Clerks 3 won the weekend for me. I mean, I love Pearl. Don't get me wrong, but Clerks 3, what a fucking gut punch of an emotional fun ride that was. So I hope you guys get to check it out. Uh, it's on a road show right now, so it's a limited engagement. So if you want to go see it, I think yes. you're doing a couple more shows for the end of the month. So yeah, I'll definitely I definitely recommend you guys check it out. Yet. I haven't seen it yet, but I certainly I will be looking uh, forward to seeing it. I will say that, uh, you know, upon its initial release, I really wasn't that big of a fan of the second installment. But uh, I have okay. I, my stance on it has, has softened and warmed uh, in the time since its release. So uh, I've seen uh, things that make me feel that I will like uh, this current third film, and I am looking forward to seeing it very much. Yeah, if you like the first Clerks, uh, I think you'll definitely appreciate Clerks 3 better, uh, better than Clerks 2. I mean, there are references to Clerks 2, but it's more in line with the first one. So if you are a fan of that one, I think you're going to have a good time. Obviously. So, and seeing where these guys are, you know, years later in their careers. It's Quick Stop, where Jay and Silent Bob are. I mean, it's a very funny movie, but also very emotional. So that's what I keep telling everybody. Like, get ready to pull out the tissues at a certain point. Because that's uh, very good. These are the things I have heard. Fucking Kevin, man, he, mm-hmm. he gets me. You know what I mean? I, I, I totally, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see it. It's one of those where, because unfortunately with the limited theatrical run, you know, it's only playing in certain theaters. The theaters that it's playing at, they're, they're you know, I don't know, 30 to 35 minutes away from where I'm at. Uh, they're not, it's an A-list excluded. So even going to, you know, A, yeah. uh, to AMC, I'll have to pay for it anyway. But the show times are typically 7 to 7.30, uh, with some like nine to nine thirty showtime, so I've just kind of been like pushing it off and pushing it off because I just don't feel like doing the late showing. Uh, I've seen that at the mm-hmm. Atlantic Highlands Movie House. That uh, supposedly on the schedule they they had it stated somewhere that they were going to do like a four o'clock showing or whatever it is. But then when you go to that site, there is no four o'clock showing at all. There's this the same same time frame. So I will get to it. I mean, yeah, has not at all. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an engagement. It's a, it's a Fathom event. So uh, Kevin Smith did an intro before the movie. And I was like, oh, shit, this is new. <laughs> like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's a Fathom event. That's why. So he's doing like a special little intro to intro the movie and talk about it a little bit. There was a Q&A afterwards and a making of after the credits were over. So it's one of those things Very where it's cool. like, if you want to stay around and watch it, you can. I mean, I stayed, but it was fun, you know, to be able to see that. And then, of course, uh, Pearl, high recommend uh, a prequel to Ty West X. Um, I know somebody asked me, should I see X first or should I see Pearl first? And I was like, we'll see Pearl first. It's a prequel movie, so you're not going to really? really be missing anything. Yeah, yeah but does, I would recommend doesn't that first. go against what, uh, what, what Ty West has outlaid as far as his storytelling? It is. I mean, that's, that's not how he recommends seeing it. He thinks that you should see X first and then Pearl, but... The, I, I don't care. Like, you know, I mean, I, I agree. I saw, I watched the movie and I thought, yeah, you can watch this first and then go into X and have a better understanding of who Pearl is as a, as a person, as a psychopath. Right. And, you know, in, in the realm of 
of X and uh, Pearl, I'm sure you've seen the News King, and we did talk about it here uh, in this early portion of the program uh, last week. But the the third installment, and I believe you actually brought it up in our group chat, but we talked about this on the news last week, Maxine uh, yeah. taking place uh, in the 1980s, uh, a third yeah. installment in, in this trilogy. So uh, just I feel like this is all... Uh, come about so very rapidly um, from the time that X has hit the screen uh, to where we are now. Um, but hey, if it's bringing it in and it's bringing in the people, then, then so be it. Well, Maxine yeah, isn't even filmed yet. They just had a teaser. Hmm. Go ahead, Monkey. No, I know. I, know I was just gonna. Cool. Yeah, I was gonna say though that I heard like you know over the weekend though, uh, no pun intended, but Pearl and Barbarian both you know fucking killed at the box office, man. Like the. the um, yeah, because Pearl was number two in the box office, and Barbarian was number three. Yeah, I, I didn't like Barbarian. Um, you know, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. You know, it's one of those movies where, like, it ticked in, and then it was going, and then all of a sudden it was over. And I was like, that's it? Like, we're at the credits already? Okay, well, I mean, that flew by. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't that impressed by Barbarian. I mean, I, I appreciate New Horror. That's original, not a remake, not a redub, or anything like that, but... You know, it's coming from Zach Kreger, who was a part of The Whitest Kids You Know. So there was, like, a lot of, like, misstep humor in it. And I was like, okay, so that's what happens when you get a comedy guy, and he wants to write a horror script. You know, he, well, I he think injects a lot of weird humor. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think actually Monkey's going on uh, last week's uh, numbers for that as well. Um, because this week, actually, the woman, the, this past weekend, The Woman King was actually the number one in the box office. Barbarian and Pearl mm-hmm. were number one and two the following, you know, the, the, the prior weekend. But so like we know, a lot of times when it comes down to like horror films, this, this nature, unfortunately, being number one doesn't always necessarily mean you made a lot of money. It just means there might not have been a lot of people at the theater that particular weekend. With, uh, you know, I think Barbarian only made like three mil, and I think Pearl brought in about three mil as well. I think uh, Barbarian now mm-hmm. is at like six total. total. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah no, I know The Woman King, which actually looks kind of interesting. I mean, it's kind of like a, it does. a play on those... Uh, I don't know, from, from what I can see, like the Black Panther, I forget what they're called, but those, those women warriors, it's like, it's like some mm-hmm. kind of village of, of women warriors of that nature, but it's all based on like uh, either true, like if not necessarily true events, it's based on true, you know, like a true sect of people. And, uh, and yeah, that killed it. It actually brought in like 19 mil. So you know, good, good for them. Yeah. That's definitely one that's on my list to see. But so is Pearl. Yeah. Yeah, and in the uh, Woman King, um, the, the lead for that is the chick for that played Amanda Waller, right? In the Suicide movies. Yeah, Viola Davis. Uh yes, yes, yeah. Viola Davis. Yeah, yeah, because I saw like interviews where you know she was saying like you know having to go through all this physical training for this movie and stuff like that, and you know at the beginning she's like, oh my god, I'm 55, I can't do this, you know, and by the end of the training she's like, oh my god, I'm 55 and I'm fucking kicking ass, look at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She looks well phenomenal. Deserved. You know, not even just, the, you know, mm-hmm. even just say like, wow, you know, a woman of her age, she looks phenomenal. No, just in general, she looks phenomenal in the role. I mean, you know, like, uh, if you remember Tina Turner, I mean, obviously, look, Tina Turner was always in great shape, but Angela Bassett, when she played Tina Turner and What's Love Got to Do With It, like, the shape that that woman got in, like, Viola Davis is, like, 
right there with her, man. I mean, the, like the musculature is there. It's fantastic. So, so again, kudos all around. The production looks great. Yeah, no, I I saw some of the trailers when I went to go see the movies that I went to go see. And I was, yeah, another one of those movies I might put on my radar. Maybe I'll watch it at home. I don't know if I'm going to go to the theater to see it. But, um, you know, we had talked about previously about Dawn of the Dead being released in 3D coming out next month. Of course, there's no theaters around me. But, you know, I'd like to think that I blew the dean's mind when I said there's a showing of Halloween 1978 coming October 10th and uh, a couple of days of engagement. So, he got on it. I got on it. So I can't wait to see that in the big screen leading up to Halloween ends on the 14th. I will be doing it at the Regal Theater in North Brunswick. So I will be joining you guys as well and watching. I can't wait. At that theater. <laughs> yeah. what, what I, I can't the, wait. What is, the, what is the date that you're going? King, I, I haven't bought my tickets. I just know that they're playing it there. So, so I will be going to, to go see it. I'm going on uh, Monday, October 10th, 540. Okay. I, I, and um, I've been having some trouble with my connection, but we're talking about 1978. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. sir. All right. I have a, I have a fun weekend planned uh, surrounding, uh, surrounding this. Uh, I will be going okay. on Thursday. I'll be going on Thursday, the 13th uh, to see there we go. Uh, the 1978 version. And then on Friday, the 14th, uh, we'll be going to see Halloween end. So it's like a, it's like a lovely bookend uh, with the original and the, you know, for all intents and purposes, this is the final. Yeah. But, uh, I feel like it's a nice, like evening back to back bookend of, of, of these two films. So I'm kind of stoked about that. Completely and agree. And seeing the OG uh, on the big screen. Yes. And obviously uh, to get the opportunity and, you know, I don't know, um, you know, these kinds of screenings have happened, you know, over, over the years and everything. And it's, it's not something that I've ever pursued with, with any kind of fervor, but I don't know if it's just the, all of the downtime from the pandemic or uh, just, you know, the getting older and, and the, the deeper love and appreciation for these films continuing to grow. But it's like, whenever yeah. I see one of these in this category pop up, I'm like, I feel so compelled that I have to go and see it. It was the same feeling that I had with the opportunity to see Jaws and IMAX, of course, but to see Halloween 1978 on the big screen, like in a way, it's like a fucking dream come true. You know, I'm really fucking stoked about it. Um, First time? And then nice. uh, I've, I've never seen uh, 1978 wow. on the big screen. Yeah. Okay, my third time. Uh, the, so the, my third time. The only, the only <laughs> I think the only Michael Myers that I've seen on the big screen, I saw Halloween 5 on the big screen mm -hmm. and I've seen, uh, I've seen, uh, 2018 and I've seen ends and that's it. Like I didn't see uh part six. I didn't see any of the Rob zombies yet. Um, you know, <laughs> nope. Fuck that shit. <laughs> see, unfortunately for me, it was, you know, my, my, my big screen, Michael Myers was, uh, was six was H2O. <laughs> Uh, was yeah. not Resurrection. You know what? I was so, so done with the franchise after H2O. Over it. That, uh, that, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was, I was no, I not going to give them a dime of my yeah. I, no. I was over it with six, to be perfectly honest with you. The whole thing that drew mm -hmm. me back for H2O, obviously, was, was Jamie Lee. You know, she was the right. draw for me to come back. You know, oh, it's, you know, I, I remember all the freaking footage. You know, him and her, the window, the door, all that shit. It was like, oh, and then, yeah, no, WB, <laughs> and then it was a WB movie. A, you know? So, uh, oh god, it was like Dawson's <laughs> Creek meets Halloween, yeah, all the way through. 
And then yeah, I never I never did the zombie movies in uh in the theater either. Uh honestly I, I think we watched uh you and me, Dean, I think watched uh, the first Rob Zombie movie together during one of our uh, our nights, man. No. I don't think that we did. No? I'm pretty sure I watched it on my own, like in my bedroom. I feel like I legitimately, like after the whole like opening exposition, once it like crossed over, I remember sitting in my bed, like watching the TV. Like I remember all of the hype leading up to it that, oh, Rob Zombie's own spin and he's put up his own personal thing on it. And yeah, the whole opening sequence, young Michael Myers, et cetera, et cetera, was a, was a, a, a unique and original compared to the, yeah. compared to the original film. But then like the For second sure. half was like a note for a note for note remake. Um, mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. sitting there watching it and I'm pretty sure I was like sitting on my bed in the bedroom going, it's the same fucking movie. Like it's exactly the fucking same. Like what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, no. changed the whole fucking thing. Sure. The opening was different. Yeah. But, uh, whatever. Yeah. He, he pulled the Gus Van Sant psycho from 98. He's just like, I'm just going to do a beat-for-beat beat remake. And I saw all of them in theaters, six through uh, Rob Zombie's 2, and then the, the new ones. So, yeah, I've seen them all in the theater, you know, regretfully, you know, the Rob Zombie movies. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's Michael Myers, so of course I'm going to go see it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean it's going to be good, you know. No, but, you know, you got to go see it because it's Michael and, you know. But, yeah, I, just, I, I was talking the kids to the, are the monkey. Excited uh, here. You know, the, Are they, the yeah. little monster. Yeah, yeah, the little monster was like, hey, you know what? You know, it's coming out on the 14th. It's coming out on the 14th. We should go. We should go again and go see it. What's up, Peacock? Bring my friend Dream and go. No, we're gonna, we we went to the theater the last time and watched it, and uh, yeah, we'll do that I'm again do this both. time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, the, you, you know, yeah, what you get both. the big screens, the loud, the, the loud noises, all that stuff. That's oh, all yeah. part of the experience. Loud noises. So, loud noises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, like I was saying, I was talking to the monkey about a friend of mine who watched the Rob Zombie remakes recently of Halloween. And she was like, you know what? I don't know what year these movies take place in. Like, I, I know the beginning says it's like the eighties, but then he goes back to the seventies, like with the remake portion. I'm like, no, 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 it's not the seventies. It's, <clears throat> it's modern times. Rob Zombie's just confused. Like he just, he has like an embolism in his brain where he just thinks it's the seventies all the time. So even though it's <laughs> modern times, you know, they have cell phones no, and they have modern technology. It's, yeah, yeah, it's modern he's just times. Stuck they, in 76. They have phones. Can't you tell? Look, that's to let you know it's today. <laughs> well, I think yeah, if, but, yeah, yeah, well, if I but, remember but, right, in the, uh, the beginning, I think only in the extended edition of the first mm-hmm. Rob Zombie movie, I think that gives you a title card that says like 76 or 78 or something like that. It gives you, it, it gives okay. you a year. I remember that. Yeah. But that's, that's the only version yeah, that has it. The original version, the idea was, it was yeah. kind of like a random timeless period in the 70s is what you're supposed to think. And then obviously it fast forwards to, to whatever present date, you know, you're supposed to be at or however many years after that event. Yeah, and all the guys have to have long hair. <laughs> you know, all the teen boys, you know, because there's no such thing as short hair if you're a teen in Rob Zombie's world. Yeah, come on. Nobody's like, I want a haircut. Nobody. So, you know. <laughs> Nobody metal. has a mom saying, yeah, you, you. They're metal, man. Don't you get it? So, yeah, you know, yeah. I just, I don't know. It, but no one, <laughs> no one has an asshole mom mm-hmm. saying, you better fucking cut that hair. <laughs> no. And even the the the, the first uh, one that he did, like I didn't mind Malcolm McDowell as Loomis. Like it wasn't bad. It was like okay, this isn't pleasant. I mean, it's it's Malcolm McDowell, but it's okay. But then for the second one, he's like, I'm going to make him a complete fucking douchebag. 
throughout the entire, you're going to fucking hate them. You're going to fucking hate women by the end of this movie. And I was like, I do, and I don't want to hate women. <laughs> he's supposed to be the hero. Like, he's supposed to be the guy that stops Michael. But instead, he's like, I have a book, and I want to make a movie, damn it. And he's like, all right, no, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this woman. He's just, he's I'm going to reveal like, the monster you... that we all created. <laughs> <laughs> you know, going on to the Chris Hardwick show with Riddell Yankovic as a guest, and he's like, oh, damn it. Poor booking. Like, you know, it's like, you know, no, it's just, it's, it's terrible. I am an asshole. <laughs> that fucking line. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure it was very much right a there. Michael Caine moment. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm coming back. He's going to give me a paycheck to do it, and I'm just going to I'm oh, gonna yeah. do what I feel like doing with it, and, and that's about it. You know what? I, if people want to hate Loomis, they're going to hate Loomis. Yeah, and it, if, if that's the case, then it works, you know. Like when he tells his publicist, if I want your opinion, they'll beat it out of you. I was like, okay, whoa. I'm taking a little bit too far there, Wilmis. So, you know, but, you know, it, that was his vision. Evil isn't everybody. Did you read the other book I wrote? It's brilliant. Okay. <laughs> it's not. But, you know, so. That, that's, that, that's, the, that's, uh, that's him channeling Rob Zombie trying to say, you know, I'm a, I'm a real director. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. And somehow people have gotten uh, a copy of the Munsters that he did. I don't know how. But like people on my Facebook feed are like, oh, this movie sucks. I'm like, where did you find a copy of it already? It doesn't come out until the 27th. <laughs> and nobody wants to tell me how. I'm like, oh, well, we got to travel the high seas, I guess. Hop on that pirate ship. Because there's people talking <laughs> about the movie already. And I'm like, I mean, Leave me out of this. I'm not fucking watching that movie. <laughs> I was going to say, why, why, why wouldn't you get in touch with the, 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 the lead pirate that you know and, and, nope. and find out where to find it? What? what you, you what? Monkey. Yeah, I, Paul. I just, well, he's not going to look for it because he doesn't want any part of it. I mean, but no. I don't really, I'd, I'd rather just wait for it to come out in the 27th and be just appalled like everybody else. So, <laughs> um, you know, at, at Two and a half hour movie, you know, which is has like an hour worth of plot. You can't wait. Yeah. Like fucking terrifying being ballsy enough to be two and a half hours. Thieves, monkey, sail those streams nah. and plunge oh, he, 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 the riches that is <laughs> Rob Zombie's The Monsters. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not plundering any. I'm not plundering anything involving Cheryl Moon Zombie. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the one that gives your computer a virus that kills it. Like, God damn it. <laughs> The one time. <laughs> God damn you, Rob Zombie. Oh, no. My computer's dead. By herpes again. <laughs> that bit. God damn it, monkey. That bit. <laughs> Space herpes. My computer uh, shot itself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking space herpes, man. God. I love my spider. <laughs> yeah. But all right, with that being said, uh, Dean, what do you have for us for horror news? What are you talking about? Well, I'm going to kind of start off. Uh, right with what we were just talking about because wow, uh, we you. have just you're welcome and we just <laughs> talked about the opportunity that we were going to have to see Halloween 1978 in the theaters through Regal I have learned yeah. and unfortunately uh, this experience is not taking place anywhere near me uh, even though it says nationwide and I live in a, in a major uh, like city area of the country but a film company called CineLife is also uh, going to bite. be CineLife <laughs> is going to be screening 
not just the original 1978 Halloween in the theaters this Halloween season, but they are also going to be screening uh, Halloween 4 and Halloween 5 uh, hmm. nationwide as well. So uh, this is not through the Regal experience. Uh, you would have to go to the CineLife website to see if these are going to be screening in your area. But I saw this and was like, oh, man, like I would totally fucking go and see 4 and 5 in the theater as well. And unfortunately, uh, as of this time, there are no screenings in my area. But if anybody or you guys out there are interested in pursuing that, again, uh, you would need to check out CineLife uh, for their Halloween and Halloween 4 and 5 special screenings. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's worth seeking out. And yeah, uh, as somebody who just returned to Regal after like a number of years, when I went to go see these three movies, that theater was the cleanest theater I'd ever been to. The seats were so comfortable. But it also reminded me of being a kid because there was nobody taking tickets. So, yeah, you could scan your ticket and go see a movie. But then, like, afterwards, if you want to go see another one, you could just sneak in. Like, I was like, oh, man, this reminds me about being a kid again. You know, like, yeah, you know the movie why? ended, I'm going to go in another one. Well, you know why the theaters are so clean, right? Just there's not as nobody going. going to them. That's, and that's uh, yeah. also why you can so easily hop from one. I'm surprised I don't – like, I, I guess I'm not surprised I don't see it happening more often because there's really not – like, there's almost never anybody in these theaters, you know. And I know I go at some odd times, you know. I'm going on a, a Thursday at, you know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to your prime movie-going experiences yeah. on, like, Friday night and right. Saturday night when, and stuff like exactly. that. Saturday early day. But – Similar to Again, like, the ghoul know, like, when I oh go ahead sorry go ahead. I was just gonna say like I just went last week to go to, to go see a, a Bollywood film called Brahmastra and like that has probably been the most packed theater I had been in in in, in a while and I really? thought it was probably I don't know like wow. twenty five thirty people in there um, you know no it was a three D showing and yeah it was like families and, and everything. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, again, if you like that kind of cinema, Monkey, I think you'd actually enjoy it. It's kind of like a, almost a like a Bollywood movie. Film. It's like a, it's well, almost a Marvel-esque film where they're trying to build their own thing called the Astroverse. It's kind of like Marvel meets a little <laughs> bit of like the Avatar, the last Airbender stuff. I think you'd dig it, man. It was a lot of fun. What's this one called again, please? Uh, Brahmastra Part 1, uh, Shiva. Ooh, thank you very much. Yeah, look that up, my Very welcome. Now, now, Dean, what were you going to say, man? I was going to say, similar to you, for these kinds of screenings, I go to the, like, odd random times that works around our schedule out here. Like, I was just going to say, when I saw Jaws and IMAX, I went to a, a Sunday night uh, 1020 showing, you know, like, by myself. And there was, like, mm -hmm. half, a dozen, half a dozen other nerds there, like me. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but it wasn't a packed house, of course. I have no idea what the screenings were like at other times. Uh, but I went to like a weird time. Uh, me and Sam went prime yeah. time. There was me, her, I think maybe five other people total in the theater. Yeah, I know. I know for a fact that there were at least two other people. They were like four rows behind us because they had their tickets right after when I bought Sam's ticket because I got mine originally and it was empty. Um, and then I think when we got there, they were like, you know, again, I think maybe total six people were in the theater for Jaws, and you're talking like IMAX. So it's this gigantic, mm -hmm. sprawling movie theater, you know, huge screen, freaking stadium-style yeah. seating, and, like, just a, a small handful of people, you know? And it, I'm enjoying it 
because, you know, like I say, like I'll go to these movies and there's been times now where I've been in an IMAX theater and literally by myself, kicking my feet up, yeah. watching it, feeling like I am like the, the wealthiest person in the world. Like, woohoo, look at my movie theater. <laughs> and, but at the same time, too, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's going to be painful when this like really starts to affect the theater industry in a negative way yeah. and theaters start closing because of it, because that's going to be a drag because, you know, like I said, I've even gotten tickets before for a movie and went to see it just because it was empty otherwise. And me being the, you know, disturbed individual that I can be at times is like, well, if nobody's there to watch the movie, doesn't the movie's feelings get hurt? You know, like that type of deal. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I mean, like if, if, it's like if a fucking bear shits in the woods and nobody's there, does it smell? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But, you know, that's how I felt about the movie. You know, the poor movie was like there. It's playing. It's, they, they have them playing in empty theaters. So it's playing to fucking nobody. It's playing to the ghosts. Yeah. I had that exact thought when I went to go see Barbarian on, on Sunday. Because there's only like four people in the entire theater aside from me. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, if nobody showed up, like, this movie would still be playing. <laughs> there would be nobody sitting here, but the movie would still be going. Like, it's just kind of weird, like, you know, to think about that. Like, there's actually going to be a showing nobody's attending. Kind of, like, bum me out a little bit. <laughs> but, it's, it's like a as somebody that loves thought, the theater. You know what I mean? And then even from like a, mm-hmm. even from like an energy standpoint too, though you got to think about that. How many <laughs> yeah. theaters are now like you know wasting energy and lightning and and all of these other features for empty seats, you know? And like I said, all of mm-hmm. that is eventually going to catch up, and it's going you know yeah. for, for people yeah. like us who love the theatrical experience, it is going to hit oh, yeah. us the hardest, and we're going to be weeping. We're going to be mm-hmm. eh, fucking. We told you, all you people. I'm gonna hate it. I'm gonna hate it. I'm just gonna be just wearing black the entire week, just being so sad when the theater doesn't decline. Um, it's like when I told I told Monkey about when I went to go see Pearl, like the Spanish guy that cleans the theaters. He came in. He's like, "You enjoy the movie?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, you can go home now. There's nothing left. Like the credits are playing." I was like, "No, no, no. There's something at the end." And he's like, "No, no, no. You can just go home. There's nothing at the end." I'm like, "Stay here." Because you're not doing anything. It was only me in the theater. And we're going to see this through. So he stood there next to me. And I was like, wait for it. Wait for it. Hold my <laughs> and then hand. At the end of the credits happened. And then all of a sudden they stopped. And all of a sudden there was a teaser for Maxine. And his eyes just fucking got like 10 times bigger. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, there really is something at the end of this. I was like, see, we stayed here. We had something. It was a journey. And he's like, oh, I can't wait for Maxine. And I was like. I was like, I know. Uh, I was like, aren't you glad you stayed? I was like, you have to stay at the end of the credits. And I was like, I always stay for the credits. I never leave. Even if there's nothing at the end, I always stay because these people worked on this movie. Like, they should be respected. You know, all these people that worked on it deserve to have their names up on that screen and you to look at them. So I always stay yeah. for the credits. Yeah, but on top of that, Marvel changed the game, man. Marvel makes everybody stay in movie theaters now. You know, Marvel has like 15 you know, credits. Yeah, but it's just, you know, ever, ever since Marvel started doing this, now nobody leaves the fucking theater after a movie. You know, if anything, everyone starts pulling out their phones and just starts, and that's you what know, I, look, 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 looking up. Does this movie have an in-credit scene? <laughs> yep. 
I saw people doing that during Barbarian, and I was like, I don't even care if there's an end credit sequence, but these two guys behind me pulled out their phones. Is there an end credit sequence? No, there's not, but we still stayed. <laughs> and we still stayed until the very end because it's just it's well, what they, you do. Well, they, they pulled out their phone because they saw you sitting and not moving, so they were like, this dude knows something. You know what you got to do next time, King? Next time you're in there, right, and like people are doing that, what you need to do is you need to just stand up and start reciting at, like, the top of your voice. Like, you know, Foley Artist, this person's name. Like, just like the name and what their job was, and just recite it out loud, like, as loud as possible. And just be like, these people need to be respected because they made the film that we just witnessed. And just do it. Just do it completely, man. And Yeah, I, I would love it. Yeah. Did you even know who the caterer was in that movie? No, you didn't, because you're looking at your fucking phone. It was James. Craft <laughs> services provided by. <laughs> yeah. But you're so I see you, Fiona. Your phone. <laughs> I, I, I see <laughs> yeah. you, Fiona, with your catering service. I respect you. <laughs> Kudos to you for the best food in L.A. <laughs> anyway, Dean, moving on. What were we talking about? If you are in the, the housing markets right now and you would like to move uh, to the deep south to live in Fayetteville, Georgia, uh, you uh-huh. have the opportunity to purchase a 1,800-square-foot uh, home, three bedrooms, two bathrooms on 6.76 acres of land, uh, and this particular property is the original buyer's house from Stranger Things. Uh, it's on the market for $300,000. And if you would like to live in, in the house uh, of, uh, of the buyer's family, uh, you have this opportunity right now. Uh, but you have to move to Georgia and have $300,000 or a mortgage approval it's not, for that amount. It's not Indiana? The light's still there. That blew my mind. Uh, the, so <laughs> no, interesting because it was made in Georgia. Because everything's made in Georgia these days, man. It's the new Hollywood. Made in Georgia. The... The yeah, photo in the listing that I saw did show the lights, but I don't know if that was an image from the movie or an image that is still inside the actual house, the image from the series. Yeah, more than likely. You know, uh, it's funny you actually mentioned that about Georgia Monkey because, yes, it is quite true. There are a number of tax breaks and uh, things that make it lucrative for, for you know filmmakers to make movies down in Georgia. But, you know, they're actually making a push to kind of make New Jersey that as well now. And there's certain... Uh, certain large properties, mm-hmm. uh, specific around like uh, the, the Fort Monmouth area and uh, up in North Jersey as well, where they are looking to put in like some major, major sized studios to try to bring some filmmaking back to this area of the, uh, of the country as well. Yeah. And very cool. too. They're making pushes to open studios in New York and other places for people to come and, and get tax breaks. But, and Quirks 3 was shot entirely in New Jersey. There wasn't one scene shot in L.A. It was all New Jersey. So thank you, Kevin Smith, for bringing it back, the Garden State. But, yeah, interesting to see these states open up and, and offer tax breaks. But, yeah, I mean, the only house I'd ever want to live in is the Amityville house, just so I could be like, you know what, nothing happened here. I would open up to fucking everybody. <laughs> you want to come in? Sure, come on. Come in. Yeah. You know, look we, at that. Yeah, we, nothing happened we here. We told you and you, yeah, but you still have to have a gift shop. You got to work them through and then end them in the gift shop. Oh, yeah. And be like, here's all your Amityville shit. <laughs> oh, it would definitely be right in the entranceway. Like, you know, you have to buy a mug. You have to buy a t shirt. I went to the Amityville house. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the business. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, nothing happened you know, that's, here. It's fine. Like, there's no ghosts here. You know, that's the, the, the whole gift shop thing with that, too, though. You know, going through, like, any kind of uh, of event or, or, or situation like that, in which then they present you the gift shop at the end of it. You know, I think that can be, like, real hit or miss at times. And, like, the, the, the one mm-hmm. example that always comes to my mind for that is the Superman the Ride at Great Adventure. Like, you go on Superman mm-hmm. the Ride, and as you leave through the exit line, which is a fun ride, don't get me wrong, but as you're taking the exit mm-hmm. path out, they then make you walk through the gift shop and out into, in, back into the park. Now, I can tell you, at no point have I ever stopped in that gift shop to purchase anything because I'm like, hey, you know what? I just got off this damn ride. I'm having a good time. I want to go continue having said good time. When I want to buy shit, I'm going to go to one of the myriad other gift shops scattered all throughout the park. I also never find anybody in that same gift shop either. Like, there is never anybody buying anything. Like, normally I might stop for like a minute. Just to, like, talk to the people that are working in there, just to, like, crack a joke or something, because I don't think anybody ever really speaks to them. I kind of feel bad. <laughs> kind of like the empty movie theater. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, on the flip side, you finish the uh, the Star Wars ride at Disney World, and they have they you you end up in the gift shop the Jawa Trader and I'm just in there pulling on my wallet I'm just like take my money holy shit oh yeah you're a big spender those places uh, <laughs> <laughs> and see though even you're, more the point you're walking out with, with armfuls with Superman you got to take you you're putting all your shit in your locker so you don't even have your wallet on you a lot of times because it's in the fucking locker pull out of your pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, and the awesome. and and that's the other thing. That's the awesome and horrible thing about Disney World is sit there and I was, you know, you go there and it's like you're buying the shit. It's like just ship it to my room, ship it to my room. You know, <laughs> you get back and you just have fucking bags. Fuck yeah, <laughs> which is why on the last day you sit there and then are going to the shipping thing, like the the shipping expo. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you gonna have that shit all shipped to your house? But yeah, oh man, yeah, the the Jawa Trader, I fucking love that fucking place. Holy shit! Well, <laughs> uh, see, and that's it. Like, if I ever own the Emmyville house, you know, once you get to the gift shop by the exit, that's when the doors lock, and it's like, oh no, the ghosts want you to stay and buy a hat. Oh boy, <laughs> you better you better buy something, otherwise that door is not gonna open. No. The ghost to tell you, we, oh, buy that T-shirt. That's oh, we got shit, the door. do it. That, that's buy when you got the doors rigged where they – The doors, like, slam shut and start shaking, and you're like, oh, the spirits are angry. You better oh, buy oh, God. Shit to oh, get no. <laughs> I thought you said this place was haunted. <laughs> you well, have, I like, a trap door on the, the floor. The gift shop definitely is. You can even have a trap door in the floor of the gift shop for people that don't want to spend the money, and you can fucking dunk them in that green slime shit that you got in Amityville 3. Don't be like that guy. Don't be like that guy. Buy a t-shirt, buy a keychain. Personalized for everybody's name. Okay, okay, okay. I just want to go home. Get out to the gift shop. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that would be, See, that's, that's how you do it. That's how you sell merch. That's how you push it at the Amityville house. But, all right, Dean, what's next? I will tell you what's next, King. There are several items going on in the world of 
the Cronenberg family that I want to touch on. Uh, the first thing okay. is that uh, Brandon Cronenberg, the son of David Cronenberg, uh, has been working mm-hmm. with Alexander Skarsgård as well as uh, actress topic of previous conversation, Mia Goth, on a scientific horror thriller uh, titled Infinity Pool. Uh, okay. Infinity Pool was returned uh, to Brandon Cronenberg with an NC-17 rating due to graphic mm. violence and sexual content, and uh, Brandon Cronenberg is currently appealing uh, this rating to the to the board. So uh, just because of that uh, appeals process is why I brought that up. And then also in the world of David Cronenberg, uh, he is returning to work with uh, Vincent Cassell, who he he of the uh, on-screen Brown Bunny Chloe Sevigny blowjob, uh, who he's worked That's with a great movie. Uh, before on Eastern Promises, as well as a film called A Dangerous Method. Uh, they're teaming up for what they're calling an afterlife thriller called The Shrouds. Uh, but the thing that stuck out to me that was interesting about this is that David Cronenberg is calling this, in some ways, an autobiographical film. Uh, so I don't know how that works, being that he's still alive, and this is an afterlife thriller, uh, but he's saying that this will be, in some aspects, autobiographical. And then finally, in the Cronenberg, uh, Greater Cronenberg universe, he is the executive producer of a Scanners TV series that is going to be coming to HBO. Uh, William Bridges of Black Mirror is going to be the writer and showrunner uh, with uh, Jan, uh, Jan Demange from Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country uh, directing. Uh, there is no release date information at this time. So oh, I like I like that combo, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm on board. That's a good one. All right. So no Sorry. no date as of yet, I'm sure. Just in the early stages. No, I, I just I just said that there's no release date uh information uh at this time. Right, let's go. I mean I, I do like the fact that Infinity Pool got the NC-17 and that he's fighting it. It's like, yeah, it's, I, I kind of like that. But at the same time, much go unrated, um, unrated, uh, and at least in the theaters. Who knows? But, I mean, it's 2022. Like, yeah. I mean, too, though. So, so, like, okay, let's, let's say you, you can't get that rating down to an R, right? Like you just said, mm-hmm. it's 2022. I mean, your target audience, for the most part, is going to be of age to see that film. So at NC-17, it's just, you know what I mean? You really just just put out the film as you see it and put it out there because, trust me, you'll probably get more people just on the shock and awe of an NC-17 film being out. Like, holy shit, NC-17, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? I'm going to go see that shit in the fucking theater, man. I'm going to show titties and pussy and fucking blood. <laughs> and then it's going to be just a typical standard freaking movie, and everyone's going to be like, well, what the fuck did I go see that for? <laughs> but Okay, but on the flip yeah. side, though, when you get when you get stung with an NC-17 rating, though, do, don't a lot of theaters, though, like, you know, still shun o- away from uh, carrying movies with an NC-17 rating? Yes, they do. Yeah. They, they, the, the popular chains won't show it. So you'd have to go to, a, like, a mom-and-pop type of uh, theater to go see it. So, like, an and AMC would not want to... And who's that hurting nowadays anyway? 
it's not like the AMCs are fucking filling up to the brim. The Regals aren't filling up to the brim. You put that in a mom-and-pop theater, guess what you're going to do? You're about to deliver them an entire fucking audience for at least one weekend. Yep. And you know what? That's going to do damn good business for them. Yeah, so so shit. That's who wins. I, I don't know. I don't do the, the calculations for these things. I'm not one of those those genius money men that come up with all this shit, but it seems like these are the kind of movies that are just, just prime fucking source. You're going to put out the unrated version on digital anyway, so, you know, that's how I always buy movies, even if, you know, even, even if I've seen it theatrically, even if I haven't seen it theatrically, I'll watch the unrated version, because why bother watching the rated version? Yeah, same here. Oh, yeah. Yep, you always want to see the unrated version. You know, and that, yeah, AMC is going to be missing out. Regal is going to be missing out. But, yeah, the mom and pops are going to be the ones that are like, oh, yeah, we're raking in the money. You know, that's the only place you can go see uh, this movie is by going to this limited uh, engagement, which is how they have to have it. You know, like Course 3, limited engagement. You can make this movie same thing. You know, it's an unrated NC-17 movie you get to see in the big screen. You know, just make it happen. But a lot of theaters still balk at the idea, but they shouldn't because they're just Losing money, like we've talked about throughout the entire episode. Nobody's going to the movies anymore. They just wait for it to come on home mini, uh, digital, you know, or people, DVD or Blu-ray. Butts in seats equal concessions being eaten, you know, and that's where these theaters are going to make their cheese, money. Baby. Selling their pretzels and cheese. Selling their popcorn. Pretzels and cheese. that shit with butter. Yeah. You know, I was, I was unhappy the other week because they had, like, a brand-new, like, type of cheese or whatever it was. I got it again when I went to, to the movie the, the other day, and thankfully, like, whatever brand they're using now is, like, back to, like, my standard of what the cheese needs to be for my pretzels. My pretzel consumption is great. Somebody complained. Somebody did it for you. Somebody was like, this cheese sucks. Bring it back to the original formula. And they're like, okay, okay. Well, you know, well, the original not, formula was when they would... They pumped that shit into that empty, like, you know, you'd have that, like, clear tray that had its own little, like, pocket. Yep. They just pumped that fucking yep. nasty shit into it, man, and started dripping over, like, into your oh. pretzel, like, area. You're like, oh, I love it. I'm going to lick it up. I feel like, I feel like a female porn star, you know, like, oh, cheese. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love it. Girl, 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 girl. Cheese, and they're like, do you want cheese? It's like, fuck yeah, I want cheese. I'm going to eat this fucking dry. Are you kidding me? No, give me that cheese. Give me that. <laughs> yeah, fill it up to the yeah, top. I, I want to burn my fucking fingers, fucking picking that thing up, <laughs> bringing it into my feet. Uh, Get it. To him. <laughs> so, yeah, glad that's brought back. But, all right, Dean, what's next? What are you talking about? Uh, Let's see. It. I will tell you. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses uh, is going yeah. to be releasing. releasing uh, <laughs> A series of five-inch-tall action figures uh, from Trick or Treat mm-hmm. Studios, uh, $19.99 apiece. There is going to be the Axe Professor, uh, Baby Firefly, uh, the Death, the uh, what the fuck, the Subkiller Doctor, uh, Captain Spaulding, Otis, uh, all the characters, all of the Doctor Satan, Doctor Death was an overboard. <laughs> Dr. Death was Steve Williams. He was also Williams. a wrestler, Steve Williams. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Beat me to it. <laughs> all Steve of your Williams. favorites. There is also an optional uh, collector's case to hold all of your toys that is priced at twenty nine uh, ninety nine. And once again, this is from uh, your friends at uh, Trick or Treat Studios. 
They do look cool, and if you buy all the new figures, you could build your own tiny. So, like, every figure has a piece to put together tiny <laughs> from House of Other Corpses. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, if you're a huge fan of that, it's going to be exciting to get all those figures and build your own little tiny. Um, Captain Spaulding was uh, sold separately previously, so can't get him to sign up. But can you, can you make tiny fucking stump? You know, can, can, can you make them fucking <laughs> stump? Yeah. That, my absolute favorite fucking DVD menu thing, House of a Thousand Corpses. You know, the you just had Captain Spaulding, like, coming out and just Otis fucking, and baby. Tiny fucking stump! And he's just humping away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, he's loving it real hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good uh, thing for the DVD. And also, you know, Tony can't even ride a bicycle. R.I.P. Yeah, Matthew McGrory, rest in peace. Tiny, one hell of a character who had the epic send off in Devil's Rejects where he walked back into the house, you know, and died. So <laughs> very cool for Trick Studios to be doing that. Uh, but all right, what's next, Steve? I will tell you that uh, the much-anticipated The Boys spinoff, uh, Gen V, uh, that takes mm-hmm. place in the College for Soups, uh, this series uh, that is on the way, uh, has it's announced that uh, filming uh, has officially wrapped. Uh, there is still oh, no release okay. date. In fact, uh, The Boys organization said, we ain't telling you when it's coming out yet. And I quote, uh, but production has wrapped on Gen V. All right. So stay tuned for that. Young boys. You we know, ain't seen season four. You know, obviously that is something uh, that you will continue to be updated about uh, as we learn more things. Cause I know on the talking terror uh, panel, uh, there's much anticipation for Gen V. Uh, I am also, for you comic nerds, that uh, wrapping up uh, the Titan Alcon trilogy uh, that uh, featured Blade Runner 2019 and Blade Runner 2029. Uh, this mm-hmm. December is going to be the 12-issue series of Blade Runner 2039, uh, which will wrap up this trilogy. So if you've been reading along in the Blade Runner comic books, uh, there is one more series coming to wrap up this trilogy. Uh, my right. guess is that'll probably cool. also work as a good lead-in into to, to 2049, which was the uh, was the, the most recent of the films. So oh, might be fun. Maybe I'll look for it. Maybe I won't. Well, don't forget Maybe. you all, you don't forget you also had the animated series 2039 in between the two Blade Runner movies. Remember, it was a collection of uh, shorts that uh, animated shorts that they had done. No, you know what, man? I didn't watch that uh, mostly because I still had a bad taste in my mouth from the Animatrix. Um, so, so mm. I don't know. And the Animatrix. Any time they, yeah, the Animatrix <laughs> where they they combine the Animatrix. Animatrix. Yeah. Universe, you know? Are they? Are they? Are they? Are they zany to the max? Absolutely. You know, they're, they're also tiny, zany, and they're all a little loony. Wait, wait, wait! No, that's a different one. <laughs> I know. I'm just fucking bridging. I'm bridging it all together at this point, man. I'm my own universe. <laughs> the we're, we're, universe. <laughs> we're doing the WBCU. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's super fun but super dark at the same time. I would pay to see that. The <laughs> <laughs> universe. You got to fuck me, Doc. 
<laughs> Go away, Mr. Clown. You scare me. <laughs> <laughs> and then they sing a song about the states. Wow, this is a weird fucking thing. It got dark and then it got light all at the same time. But all right. So what's next, Gene? What are you talking about? Tombstone Pizza. If cool. you okay. are one uh, who eats uh, supermarket frozen pizza, uh, we know Tombstone is one of Tombstone is one of the brands that is in the very competitive frozen pizza market. Uh, they have is decided that for this Halloween season, and you can sign up between October 3rd and October 31st, uh, they are going to be giving free pizza uh, to horror fans who live on any Elm Street in the United oh. States. Well, uh, you I'm can out. enter uh, to win this free pizza, uh, and it's unclear how the prize is going to work because it says, uh, you know, if you are an Elm Street <laughs> resident, a verifiable and provable Elm Street resident on any Elm Street in the country, uh, you can enter to win a free pizza while supplies last. But then it says uh, one uh, one uh, resident of Elm Street will be selected to win free Tombstone pizza for a year. Uh, so uh, it was hard the, the way the ad was written, and I know I explained it that it sounds like there'll be like multiple winners, like what, some people that just get a pizza versus the free pizza for right. a year. But the actual ad was a little bit unclear. Um, I don't live out on Elm Street, and I don't eat Tombstone pizza, so it's not something I would pursue. Um, but but I uh, you know, I, again. you can you can head over to the Tombstone uh, website to to probably gain some clarity and uh, figure out uh, what's going on with the contest. But since none of us live on Elm Street, it does not really apply to us. Well, geez, now you're just giving out some pizza. Hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's I in the bottom. It, it, it's usually oh, in the bottom of the freezer. Next section. to the Jack's. Next yep. to the Jack's pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And the Tony's. And the Tony's. I've read about Tony's. But they also have the, uh, the Stranger Things frozen pizza, the Stiffer Boy pizza that I've been eating recently, which has been really fucking good. <laughs> it's actually really good frozen pizza. You know, it comes in the, the Stranger Things box and everything like that. But, yeah, Tombstone, man. That's like I'm sorry, what? Hey, salsa. Str- I didn't know they still made it. Uh, Stranger Things pizza? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have yep. the Stiffer Boy pizza. So they have, like, a regular. They have a spicy one with uh, pineapple and jalapeno. Then they have a Supreme. So, yeah, you can get uh, Surfer Boy Pizza at your local Walmart. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've bought a couple. That. It's actually pretty good, you know. But, yeah, no, Tombstone, I completely forgot about them. I was like, I, I'm more of a Jack's guy. I'm going to get frozen pizza. So, you know, so I just, yeah. We, we did have Surfer Boy Pizza here. I just, uh, unfortunately, I never got a chance to try it. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the oh, kids okay. said it was, they said it was good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, as far as frozen pizzas go, it was actually really good. You know, and they have the cool things in the back you can look at for Stranger Things 4. But, yeah, Tombstone, uh, it's taking me back, like, like Pace Salsa, New York City. And, yeah, no, that was a thing. <laughs> back in the 90s. <laughs> it's still around, man. What are you talking about? Is it? Is Pace Salsa still yeah. around? Wow. Dude, yeah, Pace Picante Salsa is still around, brother. <laughs> especially around here, as a kid. Especially around here, where all the 
you know, uh, white Trumpers are afraid of anything with, you know, that has an uh, actual, you know, Latino name on it. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. shit, no. <laughs> even mayonnaise is spicy to them, so I'm surprised they're even picking up salsa. No, so. <laughs> man, you know, living around here, the international aisle is tacos and <clears throat> spaghetti. That is the international aisle. In yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and you might find some, like, Chinese food stuff if you're lucky. <laughs> Let's yeah, yeah, what, Robin? Yeah, we have soy sauce. <laughs> exactly. We have what choy, and then we have ramen noodles. Ramen. <laughs> it's we're so yeah. advanced. God, I need to move to a real state. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see what's next? We talked about monkeys. Like, I wish I had ramen noodles. <laughs> no, man, there. I've been to prison. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you making them special ones in the toilet, man? <laughs> That's where you save it for the wine. Yep. Yeah. Make a sandwich. Keep my ramen noodles in my prison wallet. Whoa, hey. prison pocket, man. <laughs> you learn real fast how they make good fucking food in prison, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. You spend you know a weekend and lock up. Oh man. You're finding out all about delicacies that you never even knew existed. Oh, man, all I have to do is a commissary and I get all this? Oh, man, this is great. I, I don't know. fucking nachos. Yeah. We're fucking just laying around. What I could say is that the fucking, whatever the chicken patty was, it was the same shit that the fish patty was made out of, and I couldn't tell you which either one of them <laughs> it was. Like, they, were, they were both yeah. exactly the fucking same. They were both the same flavor, man. That's why you go to the commissary, dude. That's why you got to save that money. Go to the commissary. They got the good shit. Get the fucking lunch, you know, that they give you. Which is like, what is this, 1985? <laughs> like, Oscar Mayer fucking baloney. I, I didn't spend enough time, okay, to go to fucking commissary. So, uh, you know, so, so, so the, the, the legitimacy of my, my prison stay is that of a few hours. Um, and, you know, <laughs> at, at which point when, when, my, when my roommate was like, you're not eating that? And I'm like, nah, man. He's like, well, can I take it? And I'm like, go right on ahead. He's like, I love the chicken patties. And I'm just like, yeah. Okay, so. I'm happy, man. So you made a friend. You made a person yeah, friend. No, That's he, important. He was a nice dude. I felt <laughs> he was a bank robber. You know, he seemed like he was fucking completely out of his <laughs> mind, but he was a bank robber, man. Yeah, yeah. See, you know, where I stayed, it was only people that just failed to make uh, payments to their baby mama. So. Yeah, got me again. Oh, Darnell, you got nobody it. Knows <laughs> the trouble Oxy. Nobody knows my sorrow. <laughs> so go ahead, Dean. What else do you have before we get to the movie? There, all this time later, is going to be a sequel to Constantine with Keanu Reeves returning and yeah, Francis Lawrence returning Wait. to direct. Uh, the original Constantine pulled in uh, 230 million worldwide against a hundred million dollar budget, and wow, uh, really? truly in 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 the cultural zeitgeist has has uh, grown in popularity uh, since uh, you know it it saw this time in the theaters back uh, upon its release. Uh, so with uh, you know studios now looking to kind of bring back all kinds of properties in reboots and relaunches and long sequels and whatnot. Uh, they're moving ahead with a with a with a sequel, and again, the original team, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves and director uh, Francis Lawrence, returning to the fold. 
I was a fan of that movie. I saw it in theaters. I liked it. You know, that was the first time that Constantine was a live-action character, and I thought he did a good job. You know, even the video game was actually pretty good uh, back in the day. So I'm excited to see Keanu Reeves return to that character. You know, see where that goes now. Um, yeah. Also, unlike the John yes. Wick things, where it's like you know, Ke- Keanu is just definitely showing his age. You know, he, he I think he's mm-hmm. definitely gonna be able to pull off this role real easy. You know, so oh, yeah. hopefully, 100%. you know, so yeah, you know, because poor dude, you know, because he's kind of new John Wick too. You know, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I just go, Constantine is one that I've never seen. You know, surprisingly, I just really? uh, okay. it's like yeah, like okay. I'll, I'll see it on like whatever streaming service and be like, oh yeah, I, I should watch this eventually, or they have it on sale for like four ninety nine, and I'm like, I should buy this, and then I don't. Um, yeah, it's 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 just one of those weird ones. I like, wouldn't I'm familiar with the character from 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 the from the comic book. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with them yeah, from the, yeah. the television series because they they've had him portrayed on there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but again, like yeah. something that I was like, eh, oh, so maybe I'll check it out now if they're gonna bring it back. Like the yeah. pool, I, mean, I also yeah. have not seen Constantine. Um, okay. And I, I am also one who mind. is a, a pretty big fan of Keanu Reeves. Uh, but there was a couple yeah. of those films he made in that era of time uh, that I have not seen, Constantine being one. And then the other one, uh, I can't think of what it's called right now, but it was with the devil and Al Pacino was in it. Um, Devil's Advocate. I can't think yeah, that's the Devil's that Advocate, either. man. That's, that's a killer film. That's from like the late. That's a great movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. Really, really good movie. Uh, man, my, my favorite. Oh my god, my favorite Satan. I actually. Oh, just, god, I, I'll tell so you good. what, dude. I actually just watched that for the first time, just a few months ago. So you, you know, oh, wow. not alone. Just a few months ago. Wow. Wow. It was always on my list, and I just never got to it. And then the, the Google <laughs> finally was like, "You're gonna watch this fucking movie," and I'm like, "Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, 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 I'll watch it. <laughs> you watch this fucking movie, and you'll fucking like it. Okay, okay. I like it. I like Don't put it. the no nails in the eyes again, please. <laughs> Stop looking at me. I'm watching it. I like it. No, no, man. I saw that in theaters. Devil's Advocate's fucking owning, man. Yeah, Al Pacino as Satan is so good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, that's yeah. one. Like, I really don't know much about Constantine at all, but I, I do know yeah. what, what the, I just, I'm sorry that I just, I, the title spaced on me, and I, I do know what the Devil's Advocate is, and, uh, you know, have right, heard from right. many different avenues that it's, that it's excellent. I just haven't had the opportunity uh, to check it out. So I'm sure I will at some point. Well, I think you like it, but I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I would imagine that I would. Uh, but uh, my point is that I like I know more about that one than I know about Constantine. The Constantine I just know is a uh, Keanu Reeves movie that I haven't seen. I know that it's you know something to do with like death and and it's like a horror thriller mm-hmm. of sorts. I just never saw it. That's all. I mean, I just I don't know much about it's it. It's better. Yeah, and Constantine is better to see that movie if you've never read the comic books. Like, if you've yeah. never read the Constantine comic book, I can assure you that I've time. never read the comic book. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying. Hey, I can guarantee you that saying, you've never read the comic book. If you've never read a comic book from Constantine, you're going to have a good time because you have no source material to go off of. Like, this is just him playing that character. And I think you're going to really enjoy what he does with it. I mean, it does have Shia LaBeouf in it. So if you can get past that, you're going to be okay. Because even he, I got he plays that. The, I think yeah, I can manage. He, he, 
he he plays a small minor role, and they do take a lot of liberties from the like you know fr- uh, straying away from the comic book and just concentrate on just making it a fun movie. Yeah, Gavin Rossdale is so fucking good as the Archangel Gabriel. Like you know, you don't think mm. he could act, but man, he does. He does a great job, you know, playing that character. You know, I had a fun time with it, so I'm looking forward to to the, the next one. But all right, Dean. Uh, so I, I was what thinking the world of comic books. You know, the Dean was the the TS to my Brody. You know, to to go with the Kevin Smith <laughs> analogy there. That is completely accurate. Yeah, I would completely say that's accurate. I could still see the ghoul laying in his basement playing NHL '94. With all his comic books boarded in plastic. No, it was NBA Live 95, actually, and we played that. Oh, shit. yeah. NBA <laughs> Live 95. I was going to say, okay. Vicious, say, vicious, vicious okay. matches. Okay, Sega boy. Oh, show. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was indeed on the Sega. Uh, so, <laughs> next, I learned that uh, George Romero, King of Horror favorite, uh, was going to yes. make a Goosebumps film uh, mm-hmm. back in the 90s. Uh, he was going to make a mm-hmm. Goosebumps film based on the R.L. Stein entry, Welcome to Dead House, um, where yes. he was going to be expanding on Stein's story as well as tweaking, uh, tweaking the villain. And, uh, you know, he was going to be keeping this as a family-friendly entry, uh, he even penned a full screenplay, uh, but ultimately this never got made, and Welcome to Dead House ended up becoming an episode for the 90s Goosebumps TV series. Um, I read a letter uh, from George Romero uh, from September 9th, 1995, where he talked about his, uh, ex- and this was somebody from the Goosebumps organization he was writing to, where he was writing about his excitement about getting the opportunity to make this film and how uh, he read the Goosebumps books uh, to his 12-year-old kid, and that how he has always wanted to make uh, films for a young audience. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. uh, this did not come to pass. And in a way, he did make films for a young audience, because I saw Day of the Dead for the first time when I was like 12. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> not for a young that audience, is, but still. <laughs> uh, you know, would have been interesting to see Romero step into yeah. that realm. Um, you know, R.L. Stein has been massively influential to entire generation of, of, of scary story fans. And it would have been interesting to see what someone of George Romero's uh, place inside this very large and all encompassing genre would have brought to the goosebumps uh, table back in the nineties. But unless uh, this is a, a, a film that did not come to, to pass. No, never, never got made, but of course we've talked about that. At least I've talked about that where Romero has tons of screenplays and scripts that just never got to see the light of day. You know, he was always writing. He was always trying to create things and just never really got to where he wanted to get to with, with making uh, these movies, especially uh, family-friendly movies, because he always wanted to make one, like you had said, uh, Dean. But he always wanted to make one for the kids and just never got there. Just couldn't find the funding, couldn't find the studio, and, you know, what, what could have been would have been amazing, you know, to see a, a big-screen adaptation of Welcome to the Dead House which is a great episode of Goosebumps from back in the day, but to see Romero behind the, the camera for that would have been great. Mm-hmm. It's true. All right. So what else do we have? Uh, the final thing that I want to talk about is being that we are approaching the Halloween 
a season. Like I know it's the fall time. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like October first is the true kickoff, at least in my opinion. Oh yeah. Uh, you can. Oh yeah. Disagree with those shoes, but completely uh, agree. We know that on October fifth, the second season of the Chucky series will be hitting USA and Sci-Fi, and I am here yeah. to tell you that in in partnership with the uh, Chucky series and USA and Sci-Fi, LZ and Brewing has announced that they are going that they are making a special Halloween season uh, pumpkin beer uh, that is going okay. to be called uh, Chucky, <laughs> a killer wit. And this is going to be a pumpkin mm. whip beer with cranberry, with along with notes of chamomile and cinnamon. And it is currently available Ooh. at select bars and retailers across the country. Uh, hey so Dean, I heard there's feel. a I heard there's a speci- <laughs> specific way you're supposed to drink pumpkin beer. <laughs> yeah, yes, there is, there is, and you know when, when we, I feel like this is an appropriate discussion like when we get further. <laughs> when we get further into the into the season, uh, we will discuss pumpkin beers. I'll tell you what, as a segment for our program, what I will do one night for our show is I will, I will pick up a couple, like two or three singles of, of pumpkin beers, uh, popular big name ones that are same. available across the land, and I can do a, I'll do a vertical taste testing live, live on the air. And I'll, I'll give my honest opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the same. It'll be fucking delicious because I love fucking pumpkin beer. Um, but yeah, to close that out, uh, there is a, a local brewery uh, in Pennsylvania from where Monkey and I are from called Neshamini, and they released a beer called John of the Dead, which is dedicated to George A. Romero. Uh, all proceeds of the beer go to the George A. Romero Foundation. Uh, so they haven't oh, released cool. it locally yet, but, yeah, it's called John of the Dead. Uh, it's going to be available in places where we're from, Monkey, in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh especially, uh, but yeah, uh, a beer honoring George A. Romero, a John of the Dead. I can't wait to try it. I've been looking at all my beer distributors recently, and they're like, oh, yeah, we might get some. And we get, hopefully. <laughs> I want to pick up a six-pack of John of the Dead. Raise one up for George. Uh, nice. That's very yeah, similar. Uh, I see all around here, and I've, I've picked up uh, many of the different um, – Sorry, many of the different canned varieties. Uh, when I see them, it's like mm. the pale from the crypt beers uh, that they have. Not available here. on the East Coast, and, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're, I've, been looking, I've been looking. It's just not available yeah. on the East Coast. Uh, I have, I have a a photo of it that I need to. Oh, here it is. Uh, and I have to see. And I believe that this is one that is available on the East Coast. Um, and I do believe it's a seasonal. It's a double. IPA from uh, Pariah Brewing Company uh, that is called okay. Juice and Voorhees. And the the can oh, is like nice. a, a hockey mask that's like, but it's on an orange with like a stem. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this to you guys. I believe this is something that's a, 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 a East Coast beer, but I have to look it up. Yeah, because I've been looking all over for, you know, a Pale from the Crypt can just for the king, man. And yeah, it's just, you just can't fucking find that shit on these coasts. No. Yeah, it's, it's a West Coast thing. But uh, John of the Dead is the East Coast. So I'm hoping that some of these breweries around here pick it up and, and carry it, because I would love to have it. Um, so we'll see. But anyway, so we are going to get into the movie for tonight, which is Glorious, directed by Rebecca McKendry, a previous guest of the show. 
uh, if you remember back in the day, you know, during our original run, we had her on the show. We talked to her. Uh, but we're talking about this movie tonight. So, Dean, this is your pick. Give us a plot. Give us what you thought. And let's kick this off. Yes. This. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, a Shutter original directed by Rebecca McKendry. A uh, screenplay by Josh and David Henry. Uh, Technical difficulties? Technical difficulties, Dean. You're cutting in and out, my friend. Oh, we've lost him. Uh, he'll, he'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, listen to so the, the sexy, I, sultry sounds of talking there. Oh, well, I'll pick it up. Well, I'll pick it up where he left off. I know it's his. I, I know it's his dick, so I, I will. Hmm. Okay. Somebody walking well, into the anyway, zone. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, suddenly we are. But anyway, I, I will pick it up where, where he left off. Also, I'll give you a plot of this movie. Uh, a young man decides to take a break on the side of a road to a rest stop, and when he goes into the bathroom, he discovers there's a glory hole in the stall. And when he goes and sits down, there's a demigod of Lovecraftian levels on the other side, and he has to make an ultimate sacrifice in order to save the world. So that is the, the basic plot of Glorious. Not the Bobby Roode story, but the story <laughs> of a crafting god <laughs> and one man mm-hmm. who has to make a sacrifice to save the world. Um, and like I had said, Rebecca McKendry, she was a previous guest of the show way back in the day. Uh, but, you know, this movie is one of hers that she wrote with her husband who co-wrote it, David Ian McKendry. Um, you know, it's a Shutter exclusive, so you can check it out on there. I'm sure the monkey found a way to discover it through that way. So yes, I did. Yes, I did. I personally, I, I love this movie. Like, it's a quick movie. You know, it's one of those movies where it's a bottle kind of movie where you're in this one location the entire time. Uh, J.K. Simmons, as the voice of this demagogue, is great because he's constantly just berating Wes, the character played by uh, Ryan Quantain of True Blood fame. Um, and you get to see some really cool, gory set pieces as we, you know, you go into the third act. Uh, it's just a lot of cosmic horror that I think Lovecraft would be a huge fan of. So going into that, once the Dean comes back, but we're going to go with the ghoul first. What do you think about Glorious? Uh, I mean, listen, when, uh, when the Dean, you know, had brought this up last week, uh, I don't remember if it maybe it was you, Monkey, who was like, yeah, this, isn't that that movie about that glory hole or something like that? But I had I'd never heard of this. Like, I had no idea about this movie. Okay. It wasn't on okay. my list. Like, when I, when I got shuttered and started going through all the various films, like, somehow it just never – like, I think I remember seeing the image on the screen of it, and it kind of reminded me of the uh, – because it had the same color palette as Bliss. So for some reason, I think yes, I just kind of yeah. like glossed right over it and just like kept on going down the uh, down the thing. Um, this movie was something, that's for sure. Uh, you know, you <laughs> would think that this was right up my alley. Uh, you know, a uh, a, a yeah. glory hole based freaking demigod. Uh, yeah, it was, 
It was a ride. You know, it, this this movie had its ups and downs. It had it, it is a short film. It, it had some mm-hmm. some lulls to it, but for the most part, yeah, I did find this to be quite entertaining, quite funny. Uh, Got is is hysterical. Uh, J.K. Simmons, <laughs> yeah. you know, big, big applause yeah. for him as uh, as the the, the world devouring demigod. And uh, yeah, I think Ryan Quantan Quantan, however you say his name, you know, I think he did all right. You know, it, it reminded me a lot of. Uh, of saw in a weird sort of way because again you're locked in one bathroom you're in this 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 area except you know instead of you know two two people bouncing off of each other you've got a a, a man and a and a god it's like a bad joke yeah. you know <laughs> Dean are you god. back with us uh, yes so uh, you picked glorious uh, directed by Rebecca McKendry what did you think about I did uh, so I've had this one on my list for, for quite some time. And uh, when it finally hit uh, Shudder, I was surprised to see, and I didn't know if it was going to be related in somehow, that it had that kind of, like the imagery uh, had the same uh, schemes as uh, Mandy and Color Out of Space uh, that we've covered yeah. on the show yeah. with that like pink and purple mm-hmm. uh, like design. And I was like, huh, I wonder if this is going to be a, a, like in the realm of, of those things. And uh, when all was said and done, uh, like I thought the concept was hilarious and, and like a talking glory hole. That's why I put it on on my list. And um, <laughs> you know, I thought this was like a they can all like talk. A, a, yes, uh, in some ways or others. And um, yeah, I thought that they they did a, a pretty good job crafting like a pretty out there story, like with with limited limited uh, means as far as performance and set and everything. Um, uh, overall, like <laughs> the story was ridiculous, uh, but you know, I thought this was a, a, a fun, a fun bathroom uh, adventure. Monkey, what did you think about the humor? <laughs> exactly, Mundo. Uh, I really wanted to like this movie. Uh, I did this movie. It seemed like it was going to be funny. It seemed like it was going to be quirky. This was annoying. This was annoying as fuck. This movie was long as shit. <laughs> uh, small cast that did fucking nothing. Uh, you hate that. The chick, the, the chick. Yeah, he's yeah. a small cat yeah. hater. <laughs> um, the chick that's supposed to, you know, be the love interest. I just couldn't look at her. She had a face that like just irritated the fuck out of me. It was, it was like looking at Hatchet Face every time she showed up on. Oh, the screen. no way! <laughs> um, yeah, ah. she yeah. had a of Carol Kane. Great call, but yeah. no, it's just. Yeah, this movie just annoyed the living fuck out of me. <laughs> I, 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 like, you have these two people. That, like, this movie would have been great if you had done it as a short for Fang uh, for Creepshow. If you had cut half an hour out of this thing, this movie could have been tolerable. But an hour and a half. Good point, Monkey. Good uh, point. Good point. Uh, an yeah, no, hour and a half of yeah. this, you know, is. The Tales you know, of the Dark Side episode. Yeah, um, it was Precisely the series long, I but, actually did think about for this was Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, it, yes, it's just yeah. It, because when we have the cutaway scenes where we sit there and show people in the background, no one's actually doing anything except literally just standing around, almost moot in the background, just like almost like mannequins. So th- there is no real fucking extra cast in this movie. It's just this movie had potential and. When it goes there, it goes there, and it's cool. But at the same time, I wanted more as far as 
his actions and what he did. And I think we could have spent a lot of time just flashing, 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 showing the shit that he'd done instead of spending an hour and 15 minutes in the fucking bathroom. We could have cut that time and done different shots of different things that led up to this thing. But, yeah, okay. But, so, that, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, <clears throat> so let's get into it. So, shorted out man, Wes, standing in a black void with a woman off screen speaking with him. He suddenly awakens as we see him behind the wheel of his car, driving to an unknown destination with a red box running shotgun. He pulls off to the Route 37 rest area in order to use the restroom and wash up and do what he has to do. And we see a woman, a mysterious woman, helping get a candy bar out of the machine, and we get a shot of a plant that suddenly becomes cosmic, so it becomes covered in like a purple glow. So we know there's something weird going on. We don't know yet. Uh, so after a minor freakout in his car, which he's living out of currently, Wes recalls his girlfriend, Brenda, and calls her, leaving her several messages, which she doesn't respond to. So he eventually throws the phone, which causes him to just have another breakdown, which, fuck, I broke my phone. This sucks. So he eventually finds a bottle of whiskey in the back of his car, and he decides to just have a fucking party. I'm going to go use the fire pit. I'm going to light the fire pit, and I'm going to drink, and I'm going to have fun so, and dance. And... Mm-hmm. Yes, all of this. And so, I, I, do want yeah. to, I do want to say, when he went into his car and uh, before taking out the whiskey and started screaming, uh, there was a brief image uh, where you saw uh, a female character. And it happened so – I don't know about yeah. you guys, but when I saw this, yep. it happened so quickly uh, that I couldn't I tell – if this was an adult woman or like a like a child, like a, a, child. Like a daughter, yeah. so um, <laughs> yep. I couldn't tell so I couldn't weird. tell which was which, and yeah. so then it, you know it had me thinking, okay, like he this this is a man that obviously is running uh, from a tragedy. Uh, did something happen to his daughter, and he's lost it and is on the road and on the run? Uh, did something happen mm-hmm. to a girlfriend slash wife, uh, and he's lost it? is you know on the road and, and on the run so um that yeah you know so that groundwork that is a good call. for for story elements that came came later uh but i felt that they gave that flash so quick and obviously we see some photographs not long after that that kind of clarifies but my first instance that was my first instance my first thought yeah and no, again I, I, with, I, with, to lead into something more you know is mm-hmm. like you know the, this sage kind of character if you will you know, there to provide, you know, wisdom, a lot, you know, on the road, you know, <laughs> the rules of the road. At, <laughs> okay, so so at, no. at, at the very least, I'm sorry, but yeah, when you call Chekhov's gun, let's say, you know, she should have showed up again at the end <laughs> because the way, you know, yeah. when she looks at the plant and she sees the goopy yep. shit on it, she kind of gets a look on her face like she knows what's about to happen. So, like, yeah. you know, you get yep. the idea, like, she was some kind of, like, sage w- wisdom giver or something, you know. She helps the guy get the candy out. She, okay. she makes the comment about, you know, not taking the time or whatever, the patience thing that she says. She knows what's about to happen, so why does she yep. never return to at least kind of give us some kind of something at the end? There should have been a return to this character. Yeah, I agree. I will, I will talk about that at the end. Um, so Wes wakes up the next morning on the grounds of the rest stop, and he discovers that 
burnt remains of his pants, so he just fucking burned his pants. So now he's just in his boxers, and he makes a beeline for the bathroom and aggressively vomits. As we hear a man's voice talk through the glory hole, asking if he's okay. And the glory hole is surrounded by a multi-headed snake with a nude woman's body. You know, it's an ornate type of painting. Uh, Not so really. After a brief exchange, <laughs> well, to me, it was, you know, we're, we're talking about the movie. Um, then anyway, after a brief exchange, which involves Wes touching his face after touching the toilet, which contains fecal matter, vomit, and various kinds of semen, introduction to Wes himself yeah. while trying to see if he could see the man in the stall. And before leaving, the man tells him in order to properly pronounce his name, Wes will have to hold the tip of his tongue gently between his first finger and thumb. And then he makes Wes pronounce, got another one, which, when properly yeah. pronounced, becomes, get another fella. And he's a very lonely old god. So from this point on, I'm going to call him Gat because I don't like fucking pronouncing the entire name. Gat fella. So we'll call him Gat from this point on. So Wes doesn't believe what he's hearing, that he's speaking to a demigod in the bathroom stall via glory hole, and thinks if he should pick a god named two, maybe I'll call myself Thor. So Gat just is like, are you okay, Thor? <laughs> he's willing to call him <laughs> Thor whenever he wants to be called. So Wes finds a photo of his girlfriend, Brenda, in the stall and attempts to look at the demigods of the glory hole, and Gat warns him not to look at him. But on the second attempt, the demigod roars loudly, which knocks him into the parking lot. Wes gets back into his car and discovers Brenda, his girlfriend, sitting in the passenger seat. She told him that she warned him not to look in the stall and begin fucking just becoming like a spider, fucking completely creepy uh, being. Fucking weird shit and everything. So, so here's, here's just a couple quick questions now. You know, but between the, the four of us here, we're all men. Has anybody here ever partaken in a glory hole? Negative. No. I've seen them. You, you can all be I've honest. Let's be honest here. Yeah, I've I'm never even. I've I seen glory holes. I, I'll be honest. I was a truck driver, you know, and I've never even seen a glory yeah. hole. Like really? the entire okay. time I was a truck driver for for five years, I never even seen a single glory hole. You know, so I'm you not even. Like, I've seen, long I have seen a bunch. I, I I I've seen lot lizards, but I've never seen a glory <laughs> hole ever, ever, ever. Yeah, no, I've, I've I, seen a few. You know, like, I've seen one with duct tape around it, and it's just like, fucking, oh, yeah. You know where that's going to go in. <laughs> so for, all, for all of my, my debaucherous, you know, uh, exploits, you know, that, that too is something that I have never partaken in, uh, mostly because I was just, <laughs> just, the, just being horrified over the idea of what could actually be on the other side of that wall, uh, mostly that it would possibly be of the male persuasion. Yep, it's just a, it's a, it's a fucking... It's just a, Hard okay, fucking but, no. Okay, but you guys have actually <laughs> you guys have actually seen one? Because I like seriously, I've I never even seen one. I haven't. Uh, no, I've seen a I've couple of them with you know, in my travels. I know of places that have them though. So uh, yeah, in New mm-hmm. Jersey, in various locations. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, on the turnpike, you know, I've seen several. <laughs> you go into a truck stop with a diner attached. You go into that bathroom stall, and then you see that hole with a tape, you know, just sticking out, protruding, and it's like, oh, I know what this is for. <laughs> oh, God, please don't let anybody in here. I'm just trying to take a shit real quick and get out. I'm just praying <laughs> nobody goes into that stall. I was like, I've, I've so, seen plenty of glory holes. And, yeah. 
so so now the flip to to that whole thing, obviously, you know, being that that none of us have partaken in the glory hole, which is just, well, fine. Again, like I said, no judgment. We're all men here. We're good. Uh, dude, yeah, the man, in which she was sitting there vomiting, vomiting into that fucking nasty toilet, horrific, and just like rubbing his Absolutely face all up horrific. on it. The, I, like I, I've been in many of these park bathrooms over the course of my lifetime, and I was just yeah. absolutely like just horrified. Uh, vomited in a park bathroom. That that I don't know if I don't know if I've ever vomited in a park bathroom, but I have been in them and been in some nasty situations. So so Ooh. the fact that Gap <laughs> proceeds to then like list off all of the various things, like it is like my worst nightmare come to life, you know, because like this is exactly the kind of <laughs> Like I think of so like when I'm in that bathroom stall using my foot to flush that fucking lever because I ain't touching that damn thing with my hand. Thank you, Gat, for completely you know justifying my move right there. Well, especially yeah. you, Ghoul, because you're the kind of person where you're fucking terrified of just you know using public restrooms and stuff like that. Cause, you know, and you your bougie That's butt. Just, I can't wipe you know, my ass. So. <laughs> I don't use fucking toilet tissue, man. Listen, I like I said, I've said, like, okay, just like people probably don't believe in God, you know, I, I, I don't believe in dry toilet tissue. It just doesn't make any sense. You clean your body with water, you know what I mean? So why are you going to wipe your ass with the dry tissue? All right, King, so I know you got, he wanted to sit there and get it going, so go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, Wes, uh, Wes sees in the next stall there's a red glowing mass. Uh, next to him, and that's where the demigod resides. He tries to get a quick glimpse of the climbing up a urinal, but fails. And then Wes finds that there's a vent that he can get through if he takes off the top of the, the toilet holder, and he could just climb through the vent and get away while fucking Gat's talking the entire time. You've been chosen. Monologuing. You're meant to be here. <laughs> so Wes manages to get through the vent and crawl through in search of freedom, thinking he's made an escape. And then he hears the demigod's voice once again, realizing that he's back in that same bathroom, and he attempts to hide his memories, but that's also kind of useless because Gat knows what he's thinking about and tells him to just fucking knock it off. Like, you need to be in the moment, so I'm trying to tell you of what's going on. So that's when Gat tells him the story of a being of pure energy living all alone in an ocean of infinite nothing. One day, the being discovered the power to give physical form to its thoughts and feelings causes unwanted children. But we have a piss break for Wes. And I love to see. You know, like, All right, I just have to go real quick. Unbelievable. All right, are, are, are you done? Are, are you done? No, one more second. I, I swear to God, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. All right, are you done? Yep, yeah, I'm good. All right, continue. So the power disturbed it greatly. So soon these physical forms became the children, filling the void, and he set out to destroy them but his oldest child slices him in the side. The blood from this being creating the universe, all the planets, everything that we know existed because of this flash. So he begged his children to close the wound, and his children agreed, but only if he would allow this new life to continue to exist. <clears throat> he loved humanity, so he secretly created a being of pure destruction, capable of undoing all life and returning back to the infinite nothing, and that's how we get Gat. So Gat Woo-hoo! is like the ultimate destroyer. Yeah. You know, destroyer. He, he's the ultimate Choose. form. He's the ultimate destructor. So Choose you know, the form of your destruction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jello. So but what oh, happened <laughs> is that the children of this being overpowered him and they drained his energy and locked him away and they also hid 
gat away into the ether where he remains till this moment. He wants to stop the world from ending because he's starting to have feelings for humanity, but the power to hide from his father is, is weakening. So once he fully enters the material world, his father's purpose for him will be fulfilled. Total the world annihilation, but only West can stop him, and the only way to stop him is the blowjob, maybe? Just a quick uh, sucky-sucky? You know, we don't know. Hey, yeah, yeah, hey, hey, no. Yo, 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 I'm putting this thing through the hole here. It, it looked like it got a hole in it. You know, it, it's like some, some kind of like veiny kind of shit, you know, sticking out. You know, so, you know, so we just that, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, you know what to do. We don't fully know yet. <laughs> uh, we don't fully know yet what, what, the, what it is that he needs to do. We don't know yet. We just know that Wes is playing a part in this. So at the same time, a property supervisor named Gary arrives at the rest stop to investigate the grounds and see what cars Yay! are around. He hears Wes screaming, but discovers that the door is locked. So Gat warns him of consequences of opening the door, but relents and allows the door to be opened, and the property supervisor enters. Wes demands that Gat let them go, but that's not going to happen. And now Gat has to do something about Gary because he can't let this guy go because now he knows everything, and he can't just go telling what's going on. So Gary tries to open the stall door, but gets a cosmic charge through the hand. And then Gat orders Wes back into the stall and tells him he'll take care of everything. Just go and just wait. I will fucking take care of everything because you obviously can't, so let me do it. And that's when Gat decides that he has to tear Gary apart with his tentacles as a rain of blood and fluids begins to rain down on Wes. <laughs> and we see a whole rush of blood wash away the photo of Brenda as we see Gary's heart on the floor of the stall. Whoop, that's what's up to Gary. Yeah, but also now we know that Wes is a fucking cunt bitch, all right? Because we have fellow man, we have a fellow man here who's supposed to come in, help him out. You know, maybe they can figure something out together against Gap, but no. He, you know, just curls up into a little ball of self-preservation and just lets Gap go to town on Gary. Gary didn't do a fucking thing. He's just sitting there trying to check the toilets and shit. You know, <laughs> But, you know, Gat tells him, go into the fucking stall. Go into the fucking stall, bitch. And he fucking listens and curls up literally on the toilet, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and lets Gat do his thing. Yeah. And we see the tentacles growing down, and we see the rain of blood. Uh, and then once the glory hole starts to glow, Wes knows what he has to do with Gat explaining that once they're done, he will return to his imperial form. And his father will no longer be able to find him. And then as Gat talks, Wes grabs Gary's fucking leg and goes, let's go, Gary! Just to bust down the door of the bathroom. I was like, that's the greatest fucking moment for me in this movie. Of him grabbing Gary's fucking disembodied leg and going, let's go, Gary! And trying to free himself, which of course he can't. Uh, it's just, it's fate. So he is fucking stuck there. And so eventually Wes says, fuck it and decides, if I have to do this, I'm going to go for it. So he pulls down his pants and shoves his penis through the glory hole. Do what you have to do, Gat. And Gat's like, is that your fucking penis? Like, did did you think (laughs) that your human penis was going to fucking save you? What the fuck, you? Yeah, yeah. He's like, wait, 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 what's what's that? What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the fuck is your problem, dude? Like, no, like, I didn't ask for your penis. He's like, well, what do you want? He's like, well, I need your liver. Why would I want your penis? (laughs) 
And eventually, Gat says that he needs what's his liver. Not the whole thing, but like a piece. Like, you could live with 25% of your liver. And then Gat tosses him a broken piece of glass. And he's like, you just, you have to do it. You have to be willing to cut out a piece of your liver to save the universe. That's what I need. So you're going to have to go ahead and do it. So Wes tells Gat the story of his dad. Now, he was a terrible husband and father and drove his mother to kill himself. His dad told him that it was a selfish woman that did this and not his fault, though. So, of course, he's trying to place the blame at this point. <laughs> you know what you have to do. Gat told you what you have to do. <clears throat> so now you're just placing the blame on your dad who drove your mom to suicide. That doesn't matter. Gat still needs you to do what you need to do. <clears throat> now, you, so you know point, what sucks about this now? Yeah. Like, and here's the thing. Like I said, this movie kind of has, you know, it had these points where there were lulls, good points, bad points. The comedy yeah. I'm finding good. The overall story yeah. arc, though, the, the, the plot of this, it's so predictable. I've seen so many yeah. movies in which, you know, you yeah. have this character who's going to be locked in a situation, and, you know, he's got to make some kind of decision or whatever it is, and you know that they're there for some kind of punishment. So, like, I kind of see yeah. where the monkey is coming from when he says, like, hey, you know what, they could have went a different way with this and maybe gave us – you know, a piece-by-piece build-up showing us the things that he did, which ultimately will lead to us seeing him make the sacrifice that he may or may not make. Um, I, I, I kind of agree that maybe that would have been a better better way to showcase this movie because there were times where it's just like this. Here we were getting this in exposition. Why not show us? Give us a flashback. Give us some other yeah. characters. Give us, yeah. give us some more scenery, something to see other yeah. than this shit and piss and cum-filled bathroom. Exactly. And yeah, and like I, I had said, I put you fucking agree. This is like a, uh, a, a Tales of the Dark Side episode. I was like, this is like a 30-minute thing, you know, where like, I felt myself watching uh, uh, Tales from the Dark I'll Side. Even, I'll take it. it even further. Tales from the Crypt. You give this like a good 48-minute yeah. run. Yes. 48-minute yes. run on HBO. You can give us the full gore. Yeah. You can give us all the stuff that you gave us in the film, but you can definitely cut a lot of the exposition out and give us, you know, a, a stronger showing with it. And apologies to Rebecca. You know, uh, it's it's just us being honest about stuff. You know, we're, we're well, not she's right. Well, she's right. That's the yeah. and you yeah. know, you can say that at the top, like that if this was like, you know, hair down as like a creep show segment um, for the creep show series, I believe the most. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. shows. Um, so yeah, it all, it all makes sense. Like, in, in that type of format, is like a, a, a series episode, like an anthology episode of a of a series. Mm. So we see that the bathroom begins to crumble and break apart. Outside, Wes can see that Gat's father is approaching, which he thinks is beautiful. That's all cosmic horror in the space. That's but pretty you know, cool. would you do it for Brenda? Would you do it for Brenda? Like, would you cut out your liver for her? And doubtful was Wes broke her heart Dirty and trust, according to Gat. So Wes comes, fuck you, and gets the first glimpse of Gat. And <laughs> that Gat and him don't break, you know, their their gaze. And that doesn't break him. It doesn't turn him insane like Gat says it would, but it puts him into a pushback void where he's confronted by a giant teddy bear saying, I love you. I love you. And then it opens its chest and pushes Wes inside as Wes once again wakes up in the bathroom stall. And he peed a little. And, I mean, who wouldn't? Because, I mean, death is on the way. <laughs> you know, so you're going you're gonna to pee a little. You know, I, I, I get respect <laughs> for that. I would too. You, you all know my feelings no. on piss in movies. Like, I feel like that is <laughs> yep. one of the greatest 
greatest and thankfully not used so much that it's annoying things that they'll do in a horror movie, you know? So, so when a character ends up pissing themselves while like standing or laying Ginny in Friday yeah. the 13th part two, you know, like that is always like the, the one thing that pops right into my head because it's like, yeah, that <laughs> girl was, she was scared shitless, you know, of this man <laughs> with a fucking machete that's running after her. But meanwhile, yeah. a rat came chasing in front of her and that made her <laughs> piss her bad. Pissed herself. Yeah, you know, I, I love it. And like we, we talked about Phantasm a couple of weeks ago when the, the groundskeeper dies and he pisses himself after he dies. I was like, yeah, like that's just such a human response. Like, you're yeah, going to avoid the bowels, you know. Yeah, and, and the same thing with last week with all the moons. Yep. I wasn't seen that, so I can't comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Wes calls out for Gat's dad to come get his son. Daddy God has found them and tears a hole into his bathroom because of the vacuum, dragging Wes around. Gat can't protect them for much longer, and he keeps telling him, I can't protect you for much longer. We need to proceed with this. And Wes needs to let the memory of Brenda to live on. Like, you need to let her memory live on so she can exist. And Gat is able to remove her from Wes's memory to show him what's at stake. Like, so if you think I can't remove her from your memory, I fucking can't. So you need to make this decision right now. Because daddy's coming and he's fucking pissed. So eventually, West agrees to deliver again. People blank yeah. out people's yeah. faces in this in this nature. Uh, I feel like this yeah. is also an yeah. effective horror movie move. Uh, even like you know, take it to the Matrix when Smith does that to, to Neo's mouth at the beginning of the film. Like it's just it's something that I remember. Either yes. from, like it yeah. might have been a Tales from the Crypt or a, a, a Tales from the Dark Side or something, but I remember seeing it in some anthology type of series at one point and being like, wow, that's just fucking frightening. You know the idea of that that I am no longer I am a completely featureless human being and that's just you know again we, we identify yeah. so much by what we look like or what we're seeing when we look at somebody so to, to just imagine a world in which we're all featureless is just like yikes that's and why the ghoul likes looking at himself because, in the uh, mirror during sex <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's right, interesting too is that they say Man. that when we uh, when we what? dream we don't see faces like we don't we can't uh, objectively see faces in dreams, which I think is so weird, you know, because I thought back to some dreams that I've had, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's kind of right. Like, I don't remember what that person looked like in that dream. So they say that when you dream, you don't see the faces of people. Like, it's just, it's, your mind can't uh, create it. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've had that a couple times where I'm like, you know what? It's kind of right. <laughs> like, I get the idea of the person I'm thinking of, but it's not them, totally. Like, you know, like I've, I've had a few dreams where I'm like, yeah, that's that person, but it's not really them. It's kind of like my mind trying to create the vision of them in my mind, but it's not it's really them. Like, it's kind of weird. Yeah. You know, I don't remember enough of my dreams. Um, you know, typically when I do, it's, it's when I'm in that period of time between, like, let's say, you know, like the, the, the last two hours of sleep. A lot of time I'll wake up at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning real quick, go right back to bed, oh, yeah. and then yep. within that time frame, I'll enter the dream state and actually have some kind of a dream that I might remember. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, I know I've had dreams where I can almost swear I remember seeing people's faces. But, you know what, then again, like you just said there, too, like, I remember having dreams that, like, I know who the person is before me. Like, I know the presence, but I can't recall if I, if I would see their face or not. Hey, how fucking weird is that? Like, it's so weird. Especially all the... When no, you think I don't about know, that. man, because all the sex dreams that we've had, we have definitely seen their faces. <laughs> With all I don't know if I can see that, stuff. though. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, with certainty. I don't know if I could say that. And after I read that study, I was like, you know what? I don't remember if I know anybody's faces in my dreams. Like, I don't know yeah, if, like, I, you know, like, I know the person, but are they I, there? Like, I don't I, yeah, really know I had a sex dream. Because besides, obviously, waking up with like you know a, a fully erect rod, like oh, hold a lot on, break up. Wake yeah. up and I'll, I, I'll be like, you know, I don't know. There's been those moments where I wake up and I'm kind of like, like slightly humping the mattress a little bit type of deal, you know? Yeah, like a, I've been like there. A, like kind of like a dog, like when you try to pull a blanket up, you know what I mean? And they just like automatically like start fucking humping on the <laughs> leg or whatever. It is. Like it's just an auto response. Like I guess slow down, Rover. Like like I'm like going down, <laughs> and it's just like like I kind of start waking up and realize like, oh fuck, am I helping the bed? What the fuck is wrong with me? Oh, I've totally had those fucking dreams. You know, where I imagine, you know, the girl on top of me and stuff like that. And all of a sudden I wake up and I'm fucking thrusting in the air. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? What the hell? Like, you know, there's nobody here. <laughs> like, oh, Becky. Oh, Becky. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Zoma it's Marie. And I'm like, all right. So I had a dream about her again. <laughs> you, know, but, you know, and I'm like, ah, no, she's not here. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Dreams are fucking weird. Like, they really are. Like, when you think about it. Like, you know, they're, they're little movies that we play in our heads. You know, but you don't really remember fate. Like, I can't remember fate. So when I saw that study, I was like, that's fucking cool. But anyway, uh, going back into the movie, Wes uh, discovers that he has to cut this liver out. So he eventually does, and he's going to go do it. And Gat's like, yeah, it's on the other side. So, you know, you're, you're about to cut the wrong side. So he begins to slice himself open as memories of Brenda begin to flash by with Wes. And then we find out that Brenda found out that that little red box of photographs that he had earlier in the movie are because he's a fucking killer. And he has photographs of women in the last moments before they die in this box. So she discovers it, and she's like, oh, shit, my boyfriend's a killer. And he's like, oh, yeah, he discovered my secret. Yes, you have to go now. Shocked and horrified, you know. And, uh, I mean, look, the reality is if she was the right one, she would have supported his dreams and aspirations. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> She's like, I love these. Like, I just watched uh, Devil's Rejects the other day, and Baby Firefly is awesome, so let's just do that. <laughs> let's just kill people, and we could just go on the run. But no, she's like, holy shit, you're a fucking killer. And Ryan Quantane, you know, who's just amazing in this fucking movie with the knife. And then you know what he did. Like, he killed her, and that's the entire reason for this whole... Uh, Escape to the rest stop, but when he when he's cutting into himself, and then he gets the flashes to the women, you know, digging into his side. I was like, it was total like a maniac moment for me, where at the end of Maniac, you see all the people that he killed at the end trying to rip his fucking head off, and this moment you see them digging into his fucking side and trying to rip his fucking liver out. And I was like, oh, very Cronenberg, so good, very so very Cronenberg yes. as well. You know, like th- those are the types of things I was thinking. You know, like look at them like reaching in, the hands are going in there and everything. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I really enjoyed the use of special effects in this film. Uh, I definitely give props to the digital effects end of things as well because like the whole space sequence, the animated sequence on the toilet so- on the toilet soul with stall yeah. walls yep. were a lot of fun. Um, those, those were things that I, I, I definitely thought were done very well in this movie. So as this happens, we see that he's doing it. Uh, and then we see the, the victims that he's had digging into his side. So eventually we start to see the tentacles come out and rip the liver out. 
and when the stall door opens, that's when Gat reveals himself to Wes. And he's a fucking fleshy, fucking massive horror. He's like Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. fucking gigantic. I was like, oh, shit, it's Krang. <laughs> you know, this huge, messy flash of horror, which he told Wes, like, if you ever see what I actually look like, you're going to go fucking insane. Like, your mind's going to fucking explode because you're going to realize that all these things that you never thought could exist do exist. But instead, you're going to face to blow Wes. your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, as Wes wakes up on the bathroom floor, it's completely clean now, save for Wes's blood and bile on the floor. And Gat tells him that it's now finished and that now Gat can return to the ether and the threat is passed. So Wes is like, fuck, yeah, man, we did it. I'm a fucking hero. And he's like, you're not a hero, dude. Like, you're really not. He's like, heroes are remembered. You're not going to be remembered. Like, you are who you are, and you're going to be forgotten. And that's exactly what you fucking deserve. Because like that, Wes and him are members and beings of destruction. So Wes is like, well, no, what? That doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I mean, I may have done some shit back in the day, you know, but no, I saved the universe. And he's like, all right, well, anyway, I'm saying goodbye. And he leaves. So Gat goes away, and Wes finally is able to leave the restroom, walking out to the daylight and eventually stumbling to the ground, succumbing to his injuries and dies. And then we cut to credits. So that is glorious from 2022. Uh, again, I, just, I, I love movies like this that are small cast. I know, Monkey, you're not a big fan of it, but um, nope. I thought J.K. Simmons was fucking so fucking great as Gat. <laughs> you know, just mm-hmm. him trying to, to talk to Wes the entire time, you know, how to pronounce my name properly. This is why I'm here. This is what you need to do. But he picked him for that purpose, like, because Wes is a fucking killer. So it's like you're going to be punished for what you did. You're going to save the universe, sure. But at the same time, like, you are going to die because of what you did. Yeah, that, but also, not, like, the, 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 the like, like the used. ghoul has... Uh, uh, sorry, go, go ahead, ghoul. No, you go, man. You're good. No, I was just going to say... I, 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 I was just going to say super fast is because, again, we, you know, we have this moment of him, you know, dying at the end. This is when we should have had that chick at the truck stop showing, showing up again as, like, oh, some yeah. kind of, like, you I know, prophecy you. or s- something... You know, as a quick, she should have been a cl- the closer to the movie of you know saying some mm-hmm. kind of like you know thing of wisdom, you know. But you know, she she should show showed up again just to close the movie and having her eyes glow like cosmic, like purple or something. Ooh, nice exactly. Time, you know. So like yeah, even even yeah. her because remember at one point we get Gat saying that you know I'm neither male nor female, you know I am whatever right. it is that I am at any point. You could have had him <laughs> yeah. walk away as her, and it would have turned out that she was Gat to begin with. So the whole entire yeah. thing had begun <laughs> yeah. with her and ended with her, and you could have rolled with something to that effect. You know I mean. There was just so many ways, but yeah, really, what I wanted to say and just commend was, yeah, J.K. Simmons obviously stole the show. So oh, great as that. Yeah. The, the, the <laughs> yeah. tone, the monotonous quality of it, the sarcasm—just uh, such a perfect pick for for a demigod of this nature. He was wonderful. 
And especially when he was so calm and collected, but then he would get angry because Wes was trying to leave. And he's like, you are going to stay here. And I was like, okay, that's amazing. Like, you know, the fact that he could get so fucking angry and then raise the level of his voice, uh, you know. But you know, he can't because he's George he Jameson. Like, Wes, I need photos of Spider-Man. <laughs> what? I, I mean, Get me Spider-Man! Like, you know, that would be great. But no, he did such a great job in telling the story of of where he came from, uh, this Lovecraftian horror type of a sequence. It was, it was really well done. But, yeah, I wish that trucker came back at the end and her eyes are glowing, you know, green and purple, you know, and she's like, I told you you were the one. About the glow. <laughs> you know. And the guy's so need to know, you know, you know, you learn to live, live to love. Sorry. You got that go. It would it would have worked so much better, but the power uh, deep as a, as a whole. But as a whole, like this is what I'm talking about. Like we need new horror, and this is new horror. This isn't a remake. This isn't a reboot. This isn't completely original, and that's why I really kind of liked it. And not just because uh, Rebecca McKendry directed it, because we need more movies like this. Like people talking about movies, and they're like, "Well, there's nothing new in horror anymore." It's like, "Well, here you go, glorious." Watch this movie. It's new. It's original, you know, and it's a quick uh, hit, 84 minutes. Like, you know, it's, yeah, we need more of these movies where it's it's something giving you a new take on Lovecraftian horror. Like we talked about uh, uh, Color Out of Space and Richard Stanley wanted to do more of those movies. Like, yes, please. Like, I would love more Lovecraftian horror movies. I love cosmic horror. Um, so I was glad to see it here uh, fully represented. Um, in a gory hole. <laughs> so, uh, oh so we are going to do my pick next week uh, to kick off spooky season. Uh, so we're going into it. So I thought about it a lot over the past couple of days, but one of the ones to do. Um, but we talked about Romero a lot tonight on this episode. So I'm going to go with a non-dead Romero movie, which is available on Shudder, on Tubi, on Pluto. He did it in 1988, and it's called, I think might like this, Monkey Shines, an experiment in the theater. <laughs> so we have a guy who's a paraplegic and a pet monkey that becomes obsessed with him and the horrors that follow. Uh, it's Romero doing something that isn't dead-related in 1988. Uh kind of around the same time that Stephen King got into his accident, which is interesting, you know, because he got hit by a car and, you know, sort of ended up that same way. So we're going to talk about it next week on the show, Mucky Shines, an experiment in fear. All right, then. Bum, bum, bum. And it's also on Shudder, too, guys. So if you want to find it on Shudder, because I know I have Shudder, cool, uh, you have Shudder. So it's on there. So we're going to be talking about that from 1988. Uh, so that being said, thank you so much for your film pick of the week. Glorious Dean, want to go ahead My and My pleasure. Uh, have a good night, everyone. Uh, we'll see you right back here next week for Monkey Shines. All right. Monkey, we're going to be talking about your family history next week with Monkey Shines. Ah, so we'll see you back here next shining. week. Yeah, uh, yeah, fucking good. Yeah, bringing it up. Just, you know, Cousins who made it in Hollywood and I did fucking asshole. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm the mad monkey. No, no, jealousy. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Thanks for listening to I the episode of Talking Terror. 
<laughs> Thanks for letting me come in your ears. Good night, everybody. Mwah. All right, Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? PSA, beware the fuzzy glory hole. Besides that, stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. Unless you like the fuzzy glory hole, which by all means, go for it. Live your life. If you're out there and you're a trucker or you just go into glory holes and you just want to get some fun, that's fine. You know what? Because I know when I go to the glory hole, if I don't see a fat cock, I'm kind of disappointed. So enjoy <laughs> those glory holes, folks. You know, stop, have fun. Stop, bra- stop bragging, <laughs> You know what? Because I don't mind. Like, I'll see a big, you know, I'll see a big one come through, and I'm like, "How do you do, sir?" And I'll give it a little stop shake, just, and you know, we get to know each other. Not just the king next of thing you know, I'm going to <laughs> yeah. glory holes. The next thing you know, I'm going to his kid's birthday party. You know, so, I mean, it happens. You know, how'd you guys meet Glory Hole? Oh, that guy's Steve. You know, it's, it's fun. You know, Glory Hole is going to be fun if you let it happen. <laughs> and as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Thanking you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Tonight, we're, you know, we just had a lot of fun talking about Glory Hole. So, again, PSA, do it, do not. There is no try. So, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous. Watch horror movies, keep America strong. We'll see you back here next week for my pick of the show, Monkey Shines. See you folks later. Practice. Practice safe sex. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.